I was just really depressed and I was just crying every night because I just wanted to go home. When you say you want to go home, what does that mean to you? Going to live back in my very small house in Keene with my mom. That's what it means for me to go home. When Tabitha Shipley was 14, she entered the foster care system for the third time. She had brief placements when she was 3 and 11, but this time she would remain in care for over four years. It would be one of the most difficult periods in her life, all the more complicated due to her having a vision impairment. I did end up like losing some trust with some people because they wouldn't really treat me with the proper respect because they thought I was lying and stuff, even though I had paperwork to prove it, even though you could just tell by looking at my eyes that there's something wrong. So I just get like judged a lot because people think that because I have some vision that I have all vision. Tabitha struggled with keeping her foster home placements, often feeling misunderstood and disrespected by her foster parents. Eventually, Tabitha had nowhere to go. The foster mom just had it in for me, and all the other ones did too for some reason. I don't know. Um, Maybe sometimes I was in the wrong. I did have an attitude problem, so that might be the cause of some things, but I wasn't the one who's being disrespectful most of the time. I was given a 14-day discharge notice from a foster home, um, and then I went to the incredible respite home. And after those incredible 15 days were over, I was really depressed, and I went to the ACH Youth Emergency Shelter. Welcome to Counting on Us a podcast presented by ACH Child and Family Services, the show where we share the stories of people navigating life's challenges with ACH alongside them every step of the way. I'm Daniel Trevino. The Pat O'Neill Youth Emergency Shelter at ACH Child and Family Services is the only 24-7 shelter in Tarrant County offering care for youth ages 10 to 17. For foster care youth like Tabitha, the shelter is a lifeline for those in crisis with no home placement. The first day I was there, I was really depressed and I was so mean to the person who was Um, signing me in I was just such a jerk and I apologized to him later that night and I'm like I am so sorry I have had a really really rough time he's like no 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 it's okay it's okay we get that all the time for staff at the shelter being patient and empathetic comes naturally to them clients often arrive feeling alone guarded and distrustful of adults so staff work really hard to create a safe environment for youth As Melanie Hoffer, the team supervisor at the shelter, explains, building trust with clients starts from day one. The initial connection between staff and clients are really important to let the client know that we're there for them. 
We're there to meet their needs. We're there to support them. We're there to help them through the different things that they're going through. A lot of them haven't had anybody who's consistently there for them when they're coming into the shelter. So just making sure that they have somebody that they know they can go to, they know they can trust, they know is going to meet their basic needs and just letting them know that they have people on their side. Um, The foster mom was just really petty and she would get mad at me if I dropped a few ramen noodles on the floor. I didn't tell my caseworker because my caseworker didn't listen to anything I said. I've barely told anybody about this um, because at the time it felt like no one cared. Tabitha, what was your experience with staff once you arrived at the shelter? Um, my experience was really, really good. Um, they were they were just really supportive, really nice, and they really cared about my feelings and how I cared. And they cared about, you know, what I liked, you know. Um, they managed to find me a book on the bookshelf, and I got so into that book, I read it within three days. Um, and it was like 500 pages, so that was a big accomplishment. Um, so they did manage to find some things that I liked, and they let me keep the book too. For youth experiencing homelessness, the lack of stability and support at home impacts them academically, threatening their social and emotional development. At the shelter, all clients are automatically enrolled in the on-site Fort Worth ISD charter school. For Tabitha, staff had to make some accommodations because of her disability. Normally, when a youth comes into the shelter, they're automatically enrolled in Fort Worth ISD. But with Tabitha and having a disability, we were able to keep her enrolled in her previous school where she was already set up with the accommodations that she needed for her visual impairment because the computers with Fort Worth ISD did not have the capability that the iPad that she was issued had. Um, It was good how they accommodated letting me use my iPad instead of those horrible Chromebooks. Oh, I hate Chromebooks so much. Their magnification is terrible. With Tabitha's education, staff made sure that she stayed connected with the teachers at her previous school, but also sat next to her during class in case she had any questions that weren't able to be answered right away by the teachers. While the time spent in the shelter is short for clients, the safe, supportive environment often provides youth the time and space to finally feel without the fear of judgment. The most helpful thing I got out of the shelter was just the love and support that I got from the staff and even the peers. Most of the peers were really, really nice towards me. And whenever I was having a, a mental breakdown one day, all of them, all of them came over and they were hugging me. They were telling me it was going to be okay. I was just crying in their arms. And I could literally cry right now. That was the sweetest thing anybody has ever done for me. All of them were, you know, saying it's going to be okay. You know, we're here. Um, you can always talk to us. And it was just so sweet. Why were you having such a hard time? Um, yes, I, I had a hard time. I, um, I just got hit hard in the head like mentally um realizing that I'm never gonna go home I'm never gonna step foot in Keen again and that just hit me hard and I just burst into tears I was shaking I was um really just distraught and sad and um they were all there comforting me 
and the staff were there too. And but they just let the kids do it, which I honestly liked better um, because you know they're teenagers; they know um, they're going through some of the same same stuff I am. So it was good that they were giving me encouraging words and um, hugging me and telling me it was going to be okay, holding my hand. Um, it was it was just so sweet. That was the moment you came to terms that family reunification wasn't an option for you. Yeah, and that's when I also came to terms that not everybody hates me. There are lots and lots of people that care about me, even if they're people I've known for just a few weeks. And um, it's just amazing how fast you can build a relationship and how amazing that relationship can turn out. After 30 days, Tabitha's time at the shelter ended. She was then assigned for the third time that year, a new foster home. After my time in the shelter, I went to a foster home in Terrell. That place was not successful. It was really extremely terrible living conditions. The bathtub downstairs was full of spiders and bugs. And um, um, I ended up having to shower in that shower. So I ended up purposefully getting myself kicked out of that place. I did whatever the heck I had to to get kicked out. So I got myself kicked out and I was I was literally like happy that day and went to an even worse foster home after that. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Dr. Wayne Carson from ACH Child and Family Services. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Here at ACH, we know that the community is counting on us to get it right. So for over 100 years, ACH has remained true to our mission of protecting children and preserving families. Follow us on social media or visit our website, achservices.org, to learn more about what we do, how to get involved, or if you'd like to support us. Now, back to the show. Foster care was not working out for Tabitha. She was constantly moving in and out of homes due to claims of mistreatment and disrespect. It all began to take a toll on her. I was really disappointed, upset, because I could not stay in a home longer than a month. And I just wanted to be in a place where I would feel loved and I would feel cared for and I would be treated properly. Running out of options, Tabitha's caseworker decided to place her in the ACH Robert and Jane Ferguson Residential Treatment Center, known as the RTC by staff, which is a unique facility in the state of Texas designed to help foster youth with significant behavioral or mental health challenges. Joshua McCullough, the rec coordinator at the Residential Treatment Center, talks about his experience working with Tabitha. You know, for Tabitha to be successful in RTC, the plan that we had for her was to get her ready for the real world and develop social skills and being a rec coordinator. I had a lot of responsibility with that. And Tabitha needed to feel involved. She needed to feel a part. And even before we did anything, she already felt secluded. 
She's already in her own world thinking that nobody wants to be around me and nobody wants to relate to me, when that wasn't true at all. Really, my biggest need was attention. I am one that needs extra attention, and I hate to say that, but um, if I don't get like the extra attention I need, then I feel unwanted, uncared for, unloved. Um, so I think really what I needed at that point and what I do kind of still need today is just attention. In his goal to meet Tabitha's needs, Joshua decided to have a talent show in the residential treatment center. The clients that arrive at the RTC are extremely creative. They, it, I tell you, masterpieces, they paint those all the time. Tabitha expresses herself creatively by singing. Singing is her passion. She loves to do it all day, every day. And Tabitha got to show her talents off at the talent show. My reaction to the hearing about the talent show was excitement. I was really excited. I was like, I can finally sing in front of people and have them actually pay attention to me. When it came time for her to perform, she stepped to the mic with all the confidence in the world and knocked it right out of the park. And it became contagious. I guess we weren't meant to be. Maybe you were made for me. Boy, I have so much I want to say. So she loved it. I, I loved it. We all loved it. It was an amazing experience. Do you remember Tabitha's reaction after her performance? Extremely grateful and humble. Thankful for all the compliments and thankful for people just listening and giving her their undivided attention. Please don't leave me hanging by a thread. Can we be friends? What's the name of that song? It's called Can We Be Friends. <laughs> it's, it's about my ex who broke up with me and I'm like, can we still be friends? He was He was always so supportive, but he broke up with me for a younger girl. After a couple months in the residential treatment center, both Tabitha's caseworker and ACH staff felt it was best to transfer her to the ACH Morris program. While the RTC is a lockdown facility, the Morris program wants clients to enter the community, build a network of friends and support, and join the workforce. Brianna Elder, the Morris program manager, explains how her team works with clients in building the necessary skills to transition to independent living. Overall, our goals for kids while they're at Morris is to get them ready for independence. But what that really looks like is um, making sure that they are comfortable doing grocery shopping. They have a bank account. A lot of times, you know, kids don't come in with a bank account. So um, we want them to learn money management, learn how to balance out savings versus bills and prioritize where their money's going. And then just the basic life skills. As far as how staff provided care to Tabitha, I think starting out, we did want to make sure that if she said she couldn't do something, we were quick to rush in and do it. As we got to know her and build that relationship, we were able to kind of level up her skills and say, you know, Tabitha, come on, you can do this with me or partner with me. You do as much as you can and, you know, I'll, I'll do it alongside you. I did improve on certain things like washing dishes, sweeping floors, um, learning techniques to use the washer and dryer. So I did enhance those skills. One major milestone that Tabitha achieved was getting her first job. So for my first job, I worked at Everman Supermarket and I stocked shelves. So I would bring things from the back of the shelves to the front. 
or I would take things out of boxes and put them on the shelves. Um, we would also dispose of the boxes. We would break it down, so we just pull it apart at the seams, and then we would flatten it out, and then we would put it in the cart, and then we would take the cart in the back and put it in this giant tub thing for the cardboard. We really encourage our clients to start working because it gives them a chance to learn skills that they're gonna need their whole life. You know, learn how to interact with boss, with coworkers, and give customer service, which are, you know, three skills that you're gonna need no matter what job you have. I found that whenever kids are working, they have more of a respect for their money. And so it's it's building a lot of um, like mature thinking. And I think they learn a lot of lessons through work that they're not gonna learn at the home. The bosses get to them in a way that we can't. I learned that things aren't as always as hard as they seem. So I thought stocking shelves would be harder because I would have to like memorize the labels, um, find the label that matched. Um, and it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. Not long after starting her job, Tabitha turned 18 and decided on her own to leave ACH. Unfortunately, like many youth in care who lack stability in housing, Tabitha ended her job at Everman Supermarket. She then moved into a supervised independent living program, but after four months, Tabitha failed to meet the requirements of either attending college or getting a job. Then, for the second time, she returned to the ACH Morris program. I spoke to Tabitha by phone about her experience at that time. I know that they were, in the long run, trying to help me, but it felt like, to me, they were pushing me way too hard. When I got there, they wanted me to apply for a job every day. I kind of wish I could go back and be more productive, um, but honestly... Um, I've been burnt out. There's a difference between being lazy and being burnt out, like a huge difference. And people would always say I'm lazy when in reality, I'm actually burnt out and I'm still very burnt out. And I'm trying to crawl out of that. It was just too much. So I signed out. What do you think you really needed at that time? I think I really just needed a break. Because after four years of just foster care, this traumatizing, it's, the change is hard. Some people, you know, can handle change very well, but apparently I can't. So I was kind of not sure where I would go, but I ended up going, you know what, I, I'm on a visit with my mom at this time, so why not just go there, collect my stuff, and come back. And that's exactly what I did. So I'm at my mom's house now. When I moved back home, I was literally bawling. I was in tears. I was like, I'm home, I'm home. And sometimes, even now, I think I actually did this. This isn't a dream. I'm actually home. I actually actually survived through all this pain and trauma. I'm actually free. I'm at home. How did you find the hope? during those difficult four years? I found the hope because of patience. I knew that God is going to make something beautiful and I just had to wait. I just had to be patient. I just had to push through all of this. It's kind of like, it's kind of like you're in the ocean and you've lost all hope and you, you can't tread water anymore. But then you see an island up ahead and you're like, if I could just push a little further, I can make it. 
And after years of pushing forward, I finally made it to the island and I'm finally happy now. Thank you, Tabitha, for sharing your story. I know everyone at ACH is happy you're home. If you feel inspired and would like to support ACH in its mission to protect children and preserve families, then you can donate now at achservices.org, or you can find the link in the show notes. Also, if you like this episode, please share it with a friend, follow us, or write a review. It makes a huge difference. Counting on Us is a podcast presented by ACH Child and Family Services, written, edited, and produced by Daniel Trevino. Special thanks to ACH staff Melanie Hoffer, Joshua McCullough, and Brianna Elder. Mixing by Panoramic Sound. Thanks for listening. <laughs>